Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer. He's on the East Coast. We're looking at 11 games in the NBA here on Monday for you guys. We are uh, coming off a pretty weird weekend in the NBA, but we've got plenty to choose from here. Best bets in this video. Also have a play a props video up for you as well that we're bringing you each and every weekday. So subscribe to that page and continue to follow along with us throughout this NBA season and postseason. Also head to thelines.com. Use everything we're putting up on the site right now to help you out with these bets, including that player props tool uh, to make sure that you're getting the best odds and juice available to you from all of these bets that you're making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first best bet, uh, a bet I fully agree with, a fun game with the Clips and the Pacers. Yeah, the Clips have gone from an auto-fade to <clears throat> a team we want to back uh, pretty quickly here. Ty Lu said, give me a few games to turn this thing around, and he has. Uh, so I will take them minus three at Indy. Certainly, if you jump on this now and Tyrese Halliburton misses a second straight game, you will feel great. The Clippers are, I mean, the Pacers are 7-20 and 20 without Halliburton since the start of January. They just lost without him against Mini on Saturday. Uh, I think they, I mean, the Clippers can win this game with with, with or without him. Yeah. Uh, Halliburton, you know, not great numbers against Ty Lue in his career. 15 points, 8 assists. You give them the spike when he was on Indy with the higher usage. 19.5, 10 assists. Still a negative 6 while he was out there. They were able to steal a high-scoring game at home against LAC, but... You know, since then, they have just not been on par with the Western Conference, I guess, if you if you want to look at that gap there. Um, they've they lost eight of their last nine against the West last year. They've lost both, you know, they lost to Portland at home before losing this game to Mini. So their only wins against the West, against Utah and San Antonio so far. <clears throat> but, I mean, more this is more about just what LAC can do to, to limit them, right? Slow the pace down, play more in the half court with Harden like they have been doing. Um, and limit fast break points, limit threes. They're fourth in opponent's shooting efficiency, uh, fifth in points overall. They've allowed 13 threes or fewer uh, in 13 straight games against not the Warriors, which we, we bring up all the time, and that random spike game against Portland. It's showing up again in this in this, uh, in this this topic. But, I mean, basically the point is the, the Clippers, they, they, they buy into the, the game plan. Ty Lue always has a good idea of how to slow down the other team. Uh, you know, Indy has kind of really, you know, deflated after this in-season tournament run, obviously three straight losses with only a 112 offensive rating got crushed by Milwaukee, the number one team in true shooting in the last seven games. Uh, and LAC is number two, uh, you know, they're killing it on offense, which I didn't even mention. And they should have a huge advantage in terms of free throw rate over Indy, which fouls a ton. Uh, I mean, but defensively is where you lean on this, which is why I'd consider the the Clippers money line with the under, uh, you know, maybe only a quarter unit. It's, you get two to one, though. Uh, but, you know, if Halliburton doesn't play, you probably like the under more Pacers are not are not really scoring much outside of him. Uh, and then, I mean, just all all the defensive metrics are really impressive for the Clips, especially the fact that they have allowed the fewest points off turnovers in their last five road games. That's why they've gone four and one in those, and that's where Indy is going to try to score a lot of points. Yeah, I looked at this too, um, and, and I agree with it fully because I, I think it's a good spot. I mean, look, Indy's awesome. They're an awesome story. I do think there's something to going balls to the wall for the IST that we might look back on. Not saying it's going to impact the entirety of their season, uh, but I do think that like right now there's a little bit of like okay, we showed all our cards because we played like a playoff game, uh, like we were in the playoffs for a while, and Tyrese was just who we relied upon entirely, and 
I just I, I don't think you can bank on that for the entirety of a season. He's an awesome player, but we were all like, wow, he's he's got 15 assists and zero turnovers in three straight in three games this season. Never been done. It's all very impressive. It's just a slightly different context, and this is now just like the sloggy, grinded out context. And apparently, the Clippers are here for that. I never would have been like, oh, it's a sloggy, weird game in December. Let's pick the Clippers. But they seem to give a shit. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and run with it. And the, one of the ways you know they do is because they keep playing guys on backs-to-backs. Like, there's very clear indicators that they're taking the regular season somewhat seriously. And so we should take them seriously. Yeah, Paul George, what, he only missed, like, one game, two games, and then he's back and, and drops 25 against the Knicks, plays a full slate. Like, yeah, they, they these guys are not missing games. Kawhi hasn't missed any. Yeah, Kawhi gives a shit, man. I think we can finally bank on that. And I'm so happy to be able to do that because there's so many good players on this team. So, yeah, I think they're they're going to they're gonna outmatch the, the, the Pacers in this one. I'm going to go to a, a game I actually think is going to be a pretty good game between the Sixers and the Bulls, to be honest with you. I do think the, the Bulls will hang a little bit more than the teams that we've been seeing, but I'm going to target uh, DeMar DeRozan and go under five and a half assists. And I'm doing that with half a unit because I, I, I like the plus money that I still get for it. I think uh, FanDuel now, you're still at about 108, but uh, DraftKings had opened at plus 115 for him to go under five and a half assists. And the reason that you might think it's not a good bet is Levine is out, and he's definitely gone up in his average uh, over the last 10 or so without Levine when, in terms of the assists per game. But that's because he had, like, two big spike games of 10 assists in there, and that got him to averaging about 6.5 assists per game without Levine. But in reality, he's gone under more than he's gone over this number without Levine. Uh, it'll probably jump in some places so that you, you do get it at um, – the, the, since the over is so juiced down, it probably will jump to 6.5 uh, on some books. And I, I don't really I, – I, I'd like it the under there as well, even if you have to eat the juice. But I'm going to take the plus money with a half a unit. And like I said, buy back in for a half a unit if it goes up to 6.5 and, and take under that as well. But uh, more importantly, 3.3 assists in his last four versus the Sixers. And – at times, they've been bad defending assists and allowing teams to, to sort of get them off balance. Not the case in the last two weeks, especially as they've been one of the best five teams easily in the NBA in the last couple of weeks. They've played some cupcakes, let's be very clear. Um, but at the same time, they've also played a couple of good teams and limited assists. So most importantly, uh, the, he's gone under in three or four, like I, uh, like I was mentioning, against this team back back to last year because they haven't played yet. Uh, he only averaged about eight potential assists per game, uh, and that included uh, two games without Levine against the 76ers. So we have a decent uh, sample size with, with this particular context. Chicago is scoring the most points uh, off per game off of the mid-range, unsurprisingly, when you have DeMar DeRozan, mid-range king. And that is also where you beat the Philadelphia 76ers from on the floor. That's a big part of why I was like, let me look at these DeMar assists. I understand that he's going to have the ball but he's not going to have space really when he's where he's trying to work, which is at the extended foul line. He's not really working above the three point line very much. And when you work inside the foul line or around the foul line, you don't have much room to go forward and, and pass around the rim with Joel Embiid standing there, who has the number three uh, rated defensive rating and uh, specifically against shots within five feet around the rim. He's got the third lowest uh, opponent field goal percentage when they're going up against him inside the paint. So that's not where you score from against the 76ers team. Obviously, you need to score from the mid-range. That's why I think the shots and the usage continue to be there for DeMar against this team rather than him looking for any kind of assist, especially because I don't expect Vucevic to be doing any of his damage 
from scoring, like, because the offense is running through him in any way, right? It's for him, it's been a lot of getting rebounds actually against this team, which is kind of scary and weird, but he's gotten pretty good boards uh, against the 76ers. So I, I do think there's something to like this not being a very high assist game. Now, I also want to note that I realize that the Bulls have gotten better at assists since Kobe White came in the lineup, but he's also the one averaging nearly six assists a game, as opposed to DeMar, who's still down around three and a half assists per game over the last three weeks or so. So, like, this is there's a point guard in there, and I also really want Caruso to start, by the way, because if Caruso plays, I really do like uh, the, the like he's a bit more of the point guard. I understand. That at the same time, DeMar leads the offense, he runs the offense, that's all fine and dandy, but you have another good passer and swingman out there in Caruso, and that takes away the ability for one guy to just take the focus of the offense, dribble, there's no real pick and roll game for him and Vooch or anything like that, at best it's like a pick and pop from at times, so there's nothing here that really scares me about the assist, the way that um, the, the, the 76ers have been limiting them, and they're top 10 in that in the last eight games. Yeah, and that's probably a good indication that they don't double guys too much. I feel like a lot of DeRozan's assists have got to be when he forces help. Like he's not, he's not a natural point guard. Yeah. Like you're saying, he's not going to like run a pick and roll spray it out to the wing. It's it's if he catches and goes and, and the defense gets sucked in, but the Sixers have been good with individual defense. Like yeah. Tobias Harris can just stick on him. And and like you said, they have Kobe white now to initiate that. I mean, we've been targeting DeRozan under since he blew up against Milwaukee in three straight. He has not been getting this assist number despite playing a ton of minutes against Miami in these back-to-back games. Uh, and I, I do think this could be a blowout. Really? I mean, Philly is not messing around no. with the lower tier Eastern Conference teams. It just depends if we see the old Chicago, which was totally lower tier, or this new version that's that's a bit spunky, yeah. uh, whether we get the blowout or not. So either way, lots of ways to cash that under. Yep. <clears throat> and hoping, you know, maybe this negative correlation thing will be part of our brand here, Josh, <laughs> because Hawks in a in a blowout spot here, blowout win spot, and I will take Trey Young under 32 and a half points. I love it. With Atlanta at an adjusted spread, if you want, I mean, you can go minus eight and get two to one on your money, or you can just take the normal spread right now, which is minus 11. I mean, Detroit is so bad. Um, 23 straight losses. Uh, you know, their last six on the road here have been by an average of 26 a game. They have only covered once in their last 11 overall. And that was when the Knicks were on a back-to-back Hawks are a normal rest here. Um, and so the scenario is that the Hawks just run away with this and Trey doesn't play much in the fourth quarter and he doesn't shoot a ton in general because he doesn't need to. Uh, and that's exact scenario played out the last two times they hosted the Pistons, double digit wins, Trey averaged 28 in 31 minutes, uh, got his numbers, 12 and a half assists, happy to do it. His last, uh, you know, they've won by 19 a game, their last uh, four against these, this Pistons team. Trey went over in both road games, under in both home games. Sort of a correlation we see this year, 26 a game at home versus nearly 30 on the road. Usage rate, 33.7% on the road. So he's, you know, if Atlanta gets into a tougher spot where they're struggling to find points and manufacture offense, he's going to get in there and and toss up that floater and take long threes, etc. And, you know, those splits are, are the same despite this strength of schedule at home recently, which I'd say they've played like seven straight playoff quality opponents at, at home. Um, the last easy one was against Washington. They won by nine and Trey got 23 and 10 and played 35 minutes. So not even like the huge blowout factor, but you know, this is a kind of a sleepier spot where he doesn't need to blow up Their Their next two are at Houston at Miami. If you want to look ahead and think about like, Oh man, I'm going to have to be on point for us to score on those teams yeah. on the road. So 
I mean, hopefully we see Bogey and Hunter are playing because you want a little bit more balance um, from the scoring for Atlanta for Trey not to just take over. But either way, 32 and a half is a lot in this spot. It's a lot. There's there's some massively high totals for some player props. And I mean, the games are just getting a little bananas for sure with with the overs and it's teams like Atlanta so like but either way the the over doesn't necessarily have to directly correlate to to Trey just dominating this team I, he's played a lot of minutes like you said there's stuff to look ahead to as well uh, I just don't I don't see the point in like grinding him into the ground they would really this would be a like man this would be nasty for Quinn Snyder and the team if they are not able to handle business against this Pistons team and they're the first team that the Pistons look like they actually have life against that's bad news I think this has got to be like a really big like we need to show that we can blow them out the way that everybody else literally everybody else has been blowing this team out even the Grizzlies beat them by double digits on their floor so like yeah I, I think that Trey's going to come at least like early on and DeJounte is also a really good bet for 21 and a half points which should, should eat into that for Trey so um, let's go ahead and take another crazy under 55 and a half points, rebounds and assists for Luka Doncic, not for the faint of heart. I, I just got to roll with it. I actually feel better about it, Nate, than I do the under 239 or 238 and a half actually for the total of this game, because Alice, as we know, the Alice Mavericks ain't playing no D man. And it just works so well for them better than anyone because it's Alice. Right. So anyway, uh, for them in this game, like I, I agree that there will be points. That's what scares me. Like, I do think that a 240 total is reasonable, but the PRA with the rebounds, the, first of all, the points are at 35 and a half and like. what are we doing here like it's Luka it's gonna be Luka without Kyrie the usage is gonna be there but the points don't actually go up this season in the eight games that Kyrie has not played dude averages 32 and a half points with or without Kyrie Kyrie is just another he's a better Tim Hardaway Jr. like to to Luka like it's just another dude standing to Luka for the purpose of this Mavs offense that is a better spot-up shooter. And honestly, Tim Hardaway is probably a better spot-up shooter, but Kyrie's better literally everywhere else on offense. But more importantly, like, that's what he means is just another spot-up shooter who can drive if you give him space. But, right, like, Luka's not even getting those assists to Kyrie when Kyrie goes off. Like, he's actually got a few more assists per game without Kyrie. He's still averaging below the 56 he would need without Kyrie in those eight games that he's played without him this season. Um, but it's the Nuggets at home. Like, I got to believe in the defending champs to at least be able to slow, th- slow down the one thing that the other team wants to do in their own building especially so that's why Luca has only hit this once and it was in 2021 it was a completely different context than the one that we're going to be facing here uh on on Monday night and in the last four gone under um he did have uh 56 in the first uh, matchup of last season like I said that's the first time that they play but Jokic wasn't in that game and he had 17 rebound chances and he had 12 boards and he had 15 assists and so believe it or not Jokic is a pretty good defender down low he's gone from bad to average to slightly above average in terms of his ability to limit uh, opponents down low when they come into the painted area against him. Uh, he's also obviously going to continue to gobble up rebounds, although for some, like Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Aaron Gordon are severely eating into his rebounds when they play lately. Uh, that's fine. Like the, the, the fact is that they have one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league. They also have one of the a better offensive rebounding teams. It's one of the better rebounding teams in the league, obviously, and at home as well, where they limit uh, opponents to the fewer rebounds, fewer assists. So like just defense at home for the defending champs who have some pride. They're going to be locked in on Luka. I got to go under 55 and a half PRA with a, with a half unit. No, I, I support the how bold this is. I'm probably scared off because for a second I thought about the Wolves, uh, you know, the Wolves shutting down Luca and Jaden McDaniels being out there. And he had 40 in 29 minutes or something. He just, 
he will not be contained if he if he if he needs to. Kyrie being out, it, it makes me nervous. Like you could just get these insane lines from Luca all over the place. Denver is maybe the team to do it. Yeah. But um, the only thing I have to correct is Tim Hardaway Jr. actually leads the NBA in turnover percentage. I just looked up, wanted to see some advanced stats. He is not, I mean, you did say as a spot-up shooter, but Kyrie is 20th in offensive, like, win shares. Like, Kyrie is a, a he's having a very efficient season. Uh, hasn't said or done anything completely bonkers, so... Let's let's just back off on the Kyrie slander. He's I, a fantastic offensive can, can player. Can I be more clear? There will no, be missed. I need to be very clear for uh, – I, I never got to use this line before, but for anybody who wants to aggregate what I said, which would be awesome, feel free. But what I said was, to Luka Doncic in his computer brain, Kyrie Irving equals good shooter, which is what Tim Hardaway Jr. equals to him. So the only thing that these, these wing players equal to Luka is – are you open after I beat somebody off the dribble or get into the lane and get space, right? And, like, that's what I mean is that the importance of Kyrie to Luka is just another shooter, but not necessarily, like, somebody who's going to impact what Luka does on the court, right? He's going to do Luka with whomever he plays with. Uh, he is a system. So, Nate, let's go ahead and run right into your first NBA player prop. We go for a nice, easy dub with the King. LeBron, yeah. I mean, Anthony Davis could miss a second straight game here. He was out Friday with two different injuries listed. So that's different from the auto questionable that we see for AD and LeBron every time. If LeBron plays, I mean, which he's supposed to, his props are up here. Um, he'd be on two days rest, you know, since the loss at the Spurs on Friday, which is encouraging. Cause I mean, what you see from LeBron after a loss usually is a spirited output. Uh, I mean, just in general on two days rest this season, 27, eight and eight. So what I'm targeting is the 34 and a half points assists against the Knicks defense. That is just really down without Mitchell Robinson here. I mean, they're in the middle of this West coast road trip. It's not the best time to lose your defensive anchor and they played some good offenses and, and just been smoked the 130 offensive defensive rating, giving up the mo fourth most points, fourth most assists, 32 assists per game. Um, also 55 paint points without Mitch Rob and the third highest offensive rebound percentage. So, I mean, AD could do some work in that regard if he's playing, if not, I mean, it just indicates that LeBron will not find much resistance when he goes to the rim. Um, and his last five at home without AD 37 points a game, eight assists. So clearing this by 10, his usage rate spikes to 37%. Versus, you know, you look at the, the recent sample at home this season, 25 and 8, uh, with, a, with a usage rate slightly below 30%. So it, it would be a big discrepancy, certainly, if AD's out. I feel like LeBron is a guy you can trust anyway on this extra rest. Last season, averaged 30 a game when he got two days rest, played two and a half more minutes on average. Um, and, you know, the, the, the scoring, I said, this season, six situations on two days rest, Scoring is down to 27. His shooting splits are worse than in any other situation, but that's just kind of like regression to the mean. Like that, who knows? That that that's just the matchup specific. Like he can score, and if the Knicks struggle continue here defensively, he's going to score. He scored 28 and a half in his last five against the Knicks, and gone over this in four of those five. So uh, I'll take LeBron here in a bounce back spot at home. Sure. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm I'm still with LeBron. I was looking at him as well because of the AD stuff there. And, I, yeah, I, I have no qualms 
with any of it, I didn't really know how to break this game down. The Knicks continue to, to escape me in my ability to predict what they're going to do and who's going to do what when. So I've kind of taken a quick break from the New York Knickerbockers, um, but I'm happy to take somebody against them named LeBron James, who, uh, yeah, we, we know what he can do with, some, with enough rest. So uh, my first pick here is another under for Jaron Jackson Jr. This opened at 25 and a half, and I loved it. It was already at like minus 150, though, to the under at 25 and a half. So quickly went down to 24 and a half, and we still get some nice juice, uh, about plus 110 still for him to go under 25 points in a game against OKC, where the really the only thing that scares you is like, is this just going to be like a really like fast paced game? Is, is OKC going to make Memphis play at their pace? And I just don't know how Memphis does that without Ja. Like, like even with Desmond Bain, who I believe is, is definitely going to play. I don't know that he even has a questionable tag, which is good, but He's at 27 and a half points for a reason. The next, the point prop for them is somewhere down is, is Jaron Jackson Jr. And then after that, it's all the way down there uh, at like 17 or 16 and a half points because they just don't get very many points per game. Um, for Jaron Jackson Jr. specifically, he's gone under 25 in seven of his last 10. This is a consistent theme for him is like you find these moments where like everyone expects him to, to stay at around 20 to 25 points, but he's, he's just not an offensive play. Like that's not his game is give me the ball and I aggressively go to the rim. Now he's done better this year he's actually got more than six free throw attempts a game this year finally and OKC is likely to foul uh, a lot so that would be the one place that you get a little bit worried about Triple J but his he's mostly a catch up shoot catch and shoot uh, spot up shooter like that he's not pulling off the dribble he's pulling his threes off of catch and shoot he's got the most catch and shoot shots per game on of anyone on Memphis and very high for a power forward at a, uh, at a very high rate that he's shooting those types of shots. So that, that means he's relying on other dudes. And the only other dude who I would even trust right now is probably Desmond Bain, but he's not really a playmaker. As we've seen, he can dribble to get to the rim and bully you. He can't really dribble to uh, open up other guys. That's why Memphis does not assist very much at all right now. Maybe that'll change when Ja comes back. But um, he, he did have uh, one of his overs uh, was a 44-point blowout. Uh, well, not blowout, but nice game against Houston. Desmond Bain didn't play in that game. Desmond Bain's playing in this one. There's a pretty big difference between how, his usage rate with Bain in there and not in there. Um, OKC is also very good, I should say, top uh, 15 in terms of defending the catch-and-shoot play. That's why they also uh, have limited him in the past. Another reason they've limited him in the past is that he's only averaging 27 minutes against them in his last four because of foul trouble, because of matchup problems. Um, and you, you expect him to continue to have foul trouble against OKC, who shoots the fourth most shots at the rim. They obviously draw a ton of fouls, as you know, because Shy is on their team. Uh, they're in the top 10 in terms of their free, or I'm sorry, top five in terms of their free throw attempt rate as well. Um, and they uh, get the fifth most personal fouls on the other team, right? They, that, all of that makes sense. It's all correlated. They get to the free throw line. They get you to foul them. Jaron Jackson Jr. can't stop fouling. You get where I'm going with this. So the minutes might not be there for him. In the last uh, couple weeks, as Jalen Williams, J-Dub, has been fully healthy, uh, they've uh, climbed back up into the top 10 in terms of defending. Or they've actually allowed the fifth fewest points per game to the opposing power forward in the last two weeks. Uh, and they were much worse than that prior to that because J-Will, J-Dub, excuse me, missed a bunch of time. So with all that said, I'm going under 24 and a half for Triple J. Yeah, it makes me nervous just because how much he shot in his last few games. Uh, I know Bain missed one of those, but I mean, he's taking like 30 shots a game. They're just, they're so desperate for offense, are the Grizz, that they're just going to give him the ball and let him go to work. I mean, at least you do have Chet back there now, which changes the matchup completely um, and, and maybe makes it tougher. And they are good defending. I mean, they're good defending everywhere, especially the catch and three, shoot threes. So that's intriguing. I mean, you can take him to hit one or fewer threes and get plus 125 after going over seven in his last game. You know, maybe that's the look here on the yeah. road. 
Uh, but foul trouble or a blowout is is probably the safest way to get this under, I think. Because uh, yeah. if he's going to shoot 30 times, like he'll probably get 25 points. Um, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. very erratic player for sure. Yeah. Um, Colin Sexton is now the number one option for the Utah Jazz folks. And we just threw his name out there last week a couple times because they wouldn't put his props up early. I'll take him to stay hot here at 21 and a half points. Jazz hosting the Nets. Clarkson is out. Markkinen is still clearly on a minutes limit. So Sexton is going to be asked to shoot a lot. I mean, he's an efficient per minute scorer. He averages 1.5 points per minute at home this season, uh, where the Jazz score 12 more points per 100 possession at, at home. That is Brooklyn on the fifth game of a West Coast road trip here. They have a 126 defensive rating in the first four on this one. They've allowed the eighth most points to point guards all season. And Sexton is now the main facilitator playing heavy minutes uh, in his last three, 27 a game, 28 and a half percent usage. Two of those were on the road, so you don't get the spike. Um, and I mean, his, his last seven without Clarkson averaging 20 points per game, which makes might make you nervous. I mean, but he's only played 28. And so now we're seeing we're going to see at least 33 minutes here. We're going to see much more usage than we saw in some of those other games where the Jazz had, you know, their full complement in some way. Um, and, yeah, I mean, matchup is not very scary against Dinwiddie, against Cam Thomas, who's just an offensive player. Um, I, I don't think they deploy Mikel Bridges as a stopper the way that he used to be. And uh, the Nets are probably fine to just get up and down and, and get into a high-scoring game here in Utah. I mean, good on you for finding it. I'm, I'm terrified of Colin Sexton and, and, and who he is. But when he's out there as the main guy – We've seen him able to do this. Like you said, um, he definitely has gone off in the last few, and you, you trust them a lot at home as well. So, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see with the Jazz. There's going to be more points, and that's what you bank on. So, like, if someone's got to score him. Markkinen's still not the same guy. And whenever Jordan Clarkson is out, there's shots to be had for other guys. So I understand the logic there. Um, I'm going to go with a little bit of a narrative to close us out here. The big bro narrative, Bojan Bogdanovic. I never get that right, but I got it right this time. Bojan is the one on the Pistons. Bogdan is the one on the Hawks. Bojan is the one who we're, we're betting on on the Pistons here, over 20 and a half points, over Lil Bro on the Hawks, who he has had success against, unsurprisingly. <laughs> like, you're not going to let your little brother uh, outplay you, and even if he plays well, you're going to get yours. So in the last, in the nine times that he's played little bro, he's gone over 20 points six times, including the last three, all as a member of the Pistons, right? And this matchup specifically is where he's gone over 100% of the time uh, when he's on this team. You can get open threes versus uh, Atlanta, and, and, and that's a huge part of this bet. You can get open mid-range against Atlanta from anywhere from about 12 to 19 feet. That's a huge part of this bet as well. Bogey's either taking a shot outside the three or he's taking one dribble inside the three after you you fall for his pump fake and taking that mid-range shot because he's also a very good pull-up shooter this year which is very impressive uh for for a slightly older gentleman in the nba but uh for, for bogey the other thing is like i wanted to, it's, it's the hawks you target whomever is the best scoring smallish powerish forward on the other team and i'll let you figure out who's playing what position on this monty williams squad without jalen duran tonight and without um beef stew as well marvin bagley's back in beef stew is out so i don't know who's playing center or who's playing power forward or whatever i don't care i know that bogey is a tall scoring forward and that's why i wanted to attack him i really really wanted to attack osar thompson stuff that's where this bet started was who's the athletic Four on the other team that can move up and down the floor and score on on the Hawks who give up these types of points 
to power forwards as we've been talking about for the whole season, especially since Jalen Johnson went down and he's still out for those Hawks, meaning they don't have anybody at that. Like Sadiq Bey ain't it uh, defensively. Let's put it that way. So, um, but I couldn't take all-star because Monty Williams is just too inconsistent with his lineups. The only two guys that I know are going to get minutes on this team for the Pistons are Bogey and Cade Cunningham. Um, Feel free to attack some Cade stuff if you want as well. I like the bogey stuff because, like I said, this is a spot on the floor where their def- the Hawks' defense is weakest. It's also very weak in transition. I don't expect bogey to get those points. Maybe that's where Osser does get his, but I just can't trust Osser to play even tw- 25, 30 minutes for sure. So uh, with bogey coming back, playing the 33 minutes a game since he's come back from injury, averaging over this um, and, and going over this in four of his six since he came back, Like I just, I, I'm going to continue to ride with the hot hand in a lack of defense matchup where the Hawks are just not going to they're going to continue to just give up a ton of points and score a ton. Yeah, we'll see if Bogey, the younger Bogey that is, uh, plays. He's been on a nice hot streak. Liston is questionable. I'd be surprised if he wants if he does sit this one out um, yeah. and and ducks his big bro. Uh, if if they're both going, yeah, I wouldn't mind the over on on either guy uh, or stacking them in DFS and just hoping yeah. for a relatively close game. Because as I mentioned in the best bets, we're we're going Trey under with the Hawks to maybe cover ten points here. It's assuming that the Pistons just cannot keep pace on the road. So that's the only way I think Boyan does not get to this because, uh, I mean, the Pistons have just not been competitive and that's the biggest concern. That That's it. That Like, I do think this is a game they think they can at least score. So, like, they should put up some points. Whether or not they keep it to double digits, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, to your point, like, the only thing that would stop Boyan from getting his tonight is just he doesn't even need to play because they're down by 30 in the third quarter. Like, they have been pretty consistently. But let's go Pistons. You guys got this. And that is all the time we have for you this one. Continue to follow along. Uh, like and subscribe to that page. Check out our best bets up as well. And until we see you next, I think that's it. Stop, 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 stop.